Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and gender identity meet with host Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. Transition of Style is produced by Fashion Consort with music provided by Sarah FM and is sponsored by QueerCut, a radically inclusive shopping platform and queer community. Welcome back to TOS Check-In. I am your host, Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. What's going on? Today, I have with me Asia Davis and Molly Ola Pini. Molly and Asia, what's going on? Hi. A lot. Yeah. I know a lot is going on. <laughs> <laughs> you can barely answer. That's how much is going on. So much is going on. So I'm talking to Molly and Asia today because they started a Facebook group on May 27th. May 27th. Yep. May 27th. And the Facebook group quickly blossomed into... I don't know, north of 23,000 followers. So in no time at all, a little over 15 days, we have north of 23,000 people who have joined this group. The name of the group is White People Doing Something. And I really wanted to talk to these guys today about why they started the group and why they think it's such a success. And what is it like running this group? I'm going to let you guys talk a little bit about why you started the group and what was the impetus. So this is Molly and I'm white. I feel like <laughs> I feel like yes, let not. them know, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, like from New Hampshire white, like all the way white. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there was the murder of George Floyd happened, which obviously catalyzed a lot of things that are going on um, in the world right now. I was at the time with Asia and her family. They're not white. And we were having a lot of discussions about it. And it was interesting because I just felt like these are really interesting conversations that I get to have when things like this happen. And so we went back and we were home and I realized that I didn't know what to say, but I felt like I couldn't stay silent. And I realized that sometimes I do stay silent under the guise of, well, I don't know what to say. I don't want to make it worse. There's a lot of talk around sort of saying the right thing. Um, And I just felt like I... I don't necessarily know what to say and I don't want to be wrong. So I'll just not say anything. So I posted like, look, I don't know what to say either, but I sure as hell won't stay silent. And in doing so within a few minutes, a lot of people in my feed posted something kind of similar. And this was a few days after his death. And I realized that when I post something, it makes an impact. I came across some artwork that said white people, period, do something, period. And I was like, all right, fine. It's not going to be perfect, <laughs> but I'm an entrepreneur and sort of a serial entrepreneur. So I'm committed to imperfect action. So Asia was in the kitchen at the time. Yep. They are a couple, by the way. These guys are a power couple. I just need to get, preface this whole thing with that. It, it's not surprising to me that one person was in the kitchen doing something and the other person's starting basically a movement. You know, it could have been, it could have been Asia starting the movement and Molly in the kitchen. Like either one could have <laughs> It's it's true. So she's like, hey, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, I just started this Facebook group. She says, you just started it? I was like, yeah, because it's very simple. You just pick group, yep. add group. Put a name. And put a name. People. Yeah. And I took that artwork and I added in doing, and I made the group white people doing something. And um, Asia said, oh, how many people do you have in your group? Because she wasn't in it yet. <laughs> and it was like two. <laughs> And then he's just like, am I going to join this thing? Let's see how many people can have first. <laughs> and later that evening, it was 91. And three days later, it was 2000. So you 
you weren't member number two, but you were you're in the top like, five. I think I was like number three. You might have been three. Yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> like, okay, three. I'll see what you guys are up to over here. All you white people. All you white people. <laughs> the time it took for her to get to the I kitchen like, from the kitchen to wherever you were. Yeah. <laughs> she was <laughs> a member. They might need some guidance. We do need some guidance. Yeah. This is Asia, by the way. Um, so that was the beginning of it, and it's grown like, exponentially. exponentially. Yeah. And it's been um, a wild, wild ride, to say the least. Why do you think now, why do you think this kind of thing has caught on now? Why do you think in less than two weeks, you guys were able to get almost 25,000 people on this group? Like, why do you think this is happening right this moment? I think about that question a lot. And I think there's a couple of things that, that I, I muse about. So one, I think COVID really played a big part on it because we're all at home. And I think what that did was it kind of set the stage for us, for collectively people reevaluating everything in their life. Yeah. Right. So that, and then we're also because we're at home, everybody, everybody saw it. Mm -hmm. Right. We didn't, yeah. have, we didn't have the regular day to day. Like I have to go and like go to work and do the thing and like stay on the hamster wheel of life. Usually it's like, here's this thing that happened. It's a blip in the news cycle. And you know, people like Black Lives Matter will have a march and then it's gone, right? Now we have a different stage, a different setting. And I think really like a different collective experience that predicated this event yeah. that allowed us all to, to simultaneously feel it. And, you know, we get this question, like, why now? A lot. And I think a question that I also want people to consider is like, so now what? You know, like yeah. we can talk about why all day, but really I don't care why. Like I, where are we going? I want to yeah. know. Yeah. I want to focus on where are we going? Like what's, what are we actually going to create out of this? Yeah. It's I think another thing about sort of why now is that it has become, you know, to Asia's point, it was COVID everyone's home in, in the life that we're living now, our real life sort of seeped into our work life more than it ever did before. You might be able to show up in a meeting in your office and you're dressed and you're keeping it together and you're ready to move on with your day. Whereas with the zoom meeting, it was sort of like, I remember our own office zoom meeting. It was just, it was the only thing any of us could talk about. It was the only thing any of us could it was like, we're putting everything on hold this week, guys, like whoever needs time, take time, like whoever need, you know, we're going to use this space to really kind of examine this together. And so that was a really, that was a really important piece too, I think for people. Just going back to what you said, Asia, you're right. You know, we can ask why we can ask why all day, every day, but here we are, right? We're here now. And I guess the question is like, how do we move forward? And the thing I love about this group is that you guys put this group together because you're trying to give people, give them pause and try to figure out, okay, how are we going to move forward? And with that, I want to ask you, what are some of the bedrock principles of the group? What are some of these sort of like things that you are trying to instill in this group in order to, you know, facilitate these conversations, move these conversations forward, have people be more thoughtful about how they're, they're approaching their lives and how they think about race. So one of the biggest things about this group is that there's an intentionality in it. It was not just, let's just assemble all these people and then figure out what to do. There is an absolute intentionality built into what we're up to. You know, it's called white people doing something. 
what we don't say is white people doing the inner work <laughs> to help heal racism. <laughs> but that's, that's really what we mean. And we have two main rules. The rules of engagement are different than from any other group we've seen out there. And so our two rules are, am I making someone wrong? And am I moving this conversation forward? Or is this moving this conversation forward? Because there's so much out there on the internet that people just, like you just attack each other and make people wrong. And so then there is no discourse, there's no conversation and there's no, there's no room to actually have this conversation in a way that's meaningful and productive. And so what we're doing is we're laying a new groundwork for how to actually communicate with each other. And what happens out of that is that people learn to listen in a way they've never listened before. And so they hear things they've never heard. Exactly. And yeah. so, you know, one of the biggest things that I've noticed is that, you know, for however many years, decades, but like especially since Black Lives Matter movement, black people have always been like white people, like you're not listening to me, right? You're not listening. And it's been a big issue. And so we're like, well, why is that, right? And so really it's because a lot of times we're, people are just coming at it from a, like, they're not ready to listen. There's kind of like an art to like getting people to listen to you. And, and it's a different way of communicating, right? And it's communicating in a way where we, we use this term Aikido, right? Like we use, like it's like verbal Aikido where when you don't make someone wrong, then there's nothing for them to push against. And so when there's someone isn't pushing against something, that means they're not digging their heels into their position already, which then leaves an opening for another possibility. It leaves space for, for people to, to actually hear. Is there some place in your lives professionally or personally that you guys have used that so that you knew to bring that to the group? Yeah. <laughs> I spent the last close to 20 years creating and leading an autism movement globally. And, you know, we wouldn't have gotten very far if I walked in and told people they were wrong about what causes autism. Instead, you know, we were always committed to meeting people where they are. And, you know, we've since kind of refined it and simplified it because messaging and training 10 people or even 100 is very different than 22,000 at once. So we really had to, had to kind of simplify all of that. But, yeah, I mean, there's everything that we're using in this group, we have actually used. We were, we were talking about that because we did a call yesterday and I said something and she's like, well, where'd you learn that? And I was like, oh, that could have been city year when I was doing work there. It could have been, you know, the AmeriCorps program. It could have been Outward Bound is maybe when, you know, so there's group facilitation. There's, you know, the challenge is to keep it sustainable. We can't be the only moderators. We can't respond, you know, we can't respond to 22,000. We're up to over like a quarter million post reactions and comments in the group now or something incredible. And so we're really trying to figure out how do we teach others to use these skills. And one of the coolest things is that they're getting this training ostensibly for the purposes of moderating this group. But they're saying like, oh, my relationship's better because I'm using these techniques or, you know, like this That's is incredible. better. And we want the conversation. It's an open group. It's a public group. We want the conversation out of the shadows and we want the conversation. You know, somebody said, wait, do we let racists come in this group? And it was like, sure. Yeah. We want everybody in this group because we're here to have a conversation. This isn't just to get all of us together who already think the same things. Right. This is to bring people into this movement who have never seen themselves as part of this movement. 
we have people buying their first Black Lives Matter signs. We have, you know, and then and then committing to the actions that that keep that from being a performative thing that they're doing. So that's what I think is really, really cool. Tuesdays are a really special day in the group. We have only Black people and people of color share their stories and people who, who identify as, as not that just do a little heart emoji just to show that they're listening and sending love. And there's honestly, there's probably the deepest transformation on that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because we've set these ground rules of, you know, am I moving the conversation forward and I'm not making people wrong? People are listening I think really profoundly. Yes. And, and, oh, yeah. And one of the things is that that we found is is like, okay, so I'm a black person, and I always thought like, oh, white people don't care. Yeah, like they don't care, or they're just like willfully letting racism be pervasive in the way that it is. But what I've discovered, and like, even being married to Molly, like, that's not true. It's not true at all. The, the real issue is that they just don't know. And they don't know, they either don't have like proximity to black people, they don't know that it's a problem, like truly, and it's not really their fault, you know, like because we've all come up in the similar education systems and it's not taught at all. And the only reason that black people have this knowledge is simply because of our experience and or we do research on our own and or we might have, we know like, cause like who my dad was, right? And like what he did in the civil rights movement and, and his interest in history. And so it's, it's really this profound and terrifying uh, lack of education And so one of our goals is to just provide proximity to black people and people of color and their stories. Because the only way systemic racism can continue is if it stays hidden. And I I don't believe it can continue because like the majority of people are not white supremacists, right? The media might make you think that. The majority of white people are not white supremacists. Most white people don't want this type of system to continue. And I always say that there's a caveat. Of course, there are some, right? Right. There are always some people who want it to continue the way it is, but most don't. And when they discover what it is that's actually happening and not necessarily an academic way where you like read about all intellectual. Yeah. yeah. And it's all intellectual. But when you get to the heart stories, when you get to the stories and the actual experiences of people that you're seeing online and then like they become your friends online, it's, it's profound, right? And that's a profound learning and a profound lesson that like... Yeah, there's also a huge difference between being taught what redlining is and having a conversation with someone standing in their yard who lives in an area that's been redlined, you know? And so bringing those kind of stories, you know, we always say like, we will not be able to legislate or social programs our way out of racism. If that was going to work, it would have worked. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And like, inarguably, we could be doing more of that, but it would be more of the same. Our position is really to just transform this conversation. It was a tough conversation to try to bring to people. I mean, very, very uncomfortable. How do you think with a group like this that you can make people feel at ease enough to ask the questions that they want to ask. You know, I know that not making them wrong is definitely a big part of it, but what are the other ways that you think that this group is making it so that people can ask these tough questions? Because I think you're right. You're bringing people out of the shadows so they can talk about these things and Mm -hmm. have very honest conversations. That's how we can move this 
this conversation forward. That's how we change things. And the group seems to be doing that. How do you think that's happening? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Well, one of the things we do is if I approve a comment, you know, from somebody who, and we've learned very quickly, right? Somebody said, is it wrong that I say I'm colorblind? And people are like, yes, it's wrong. Yes, it's wrong. No, don't make people wrong. What do you, and 700 comments later, like this is a troll. And meanwhile, Asia's having an offline conversation with this. She's not a troll. She's no, lovely. No. She, you know, um, just wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to know, you know, but when I approve a comment like that, I will thank the person for their vulnerable share. I will thank them and tell them, you know, I appreciate that you asked this because I know other people are asking it. And so I think that immediately puts someone at ease. You know, when you're in a room and you're facilitating a group and someone raises their hand and they go, this might be a stupid question, but, you know, it's sort of like the first thing you say to them is, I know that's a question other people have in the room. You know, you just see their faces kind of be like, whew, okay. And they were just a brave person to admit yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. To ask it, right? There's a certain bravery that comes along with being able to ask a question. So we want to encourage that because this work yeah. requires bravery, Yeah. right? And we can all be brave. We also can all be fragile to a certain degree. And I think that's just something that's not acknowledged or even like talked about. And if we can all be brave, like I, I just know that there's so much more that's possible for, right. for this conversation, for the planet, for, for humanity, for our country. And so we want to encourage that, right? Like we want to encourage bravery because like that's, that's what's going to really move us forward and vulnerability, right? And that's, I guess they go hand in hand. But let's be honest, I'm going to like give you guys some credit right now. There has to be an environment where that's allowed. It's one thing for somebody to be brave enough to say something, but oftentimes they don't feel like they can do that because they're not in an environment where that was like sort of fostered. And there's something about this group yeah. that has fostered this ability to come out and say things that people were thinking all along, but just weren't brave enough to, to speak up and say. So we got to give us some props to that. <laughs> I think part of it is we're really casual about it. You know, there's no hair makeup production before we go live every single morning, <laughs> much to my chagrin. But, you know, it's it's like, here we are and what's going on. And sometimes we don't know if the camera's live and sometimes we do. And, and we just kind of run with it. And so I think showing up committed to that imperfect action mm -hmm. makes a difference, you know, and it just shows you like, hey, we're just real here. You know, if you've seen me on the internet with my other work, it's like you've seen a polish version of me generally, you know, or at the very least I have some makeup on. <laughs> like this is literally like before or after a morning workout, turn the camera on, we've got 22,000 people in the group. What are we talking about? Okay, go. And so I think just showing up like that, it's, it's sort of like the Zoom, like the work from home facade. It's kind of like, hey, here's who we are. Yep, the sun's out today. The, you know, like, <laughs> put away. Yeah, like, well, you know, I've known YouTube for a while and you guys have always operated that way and you know I used to like push back and like no I can't I have to get it perfect and you know I learned I think you guys taught me this this idea like this imperfect action you got me into that and it's you know as a Capricorn not easy kicking and screaming kicking oh. and screaming 100% it was kicking and screaming but I was like okay and you know what you were right you yeah. guys were right you were always right about that you know, you yeah. had said it, you've, you've said that to me for years and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was not willing to hear it. This idea of imperfect action is, I think, really powerful because 
we spend so much time, and I mean we as like human beings, trying to get everything right that we end up not doing anything. Yeah, not us. Right? And like, I think, like, and Molly started this group based off the idea that there are a bunch of white people sitting on the stand afraid to do something because they wouldn't get it right. They were afraid that they weren't yeah. getting it right. And if you, if you can get that idea out of your head and really just move forward and just like you're committed to moving forward, even if it's ugly, even if, if you mess up a word here and there and you're going to learn and keep, dust yourself off and keep going, and that's allowed, then... Yep. There's so, there's so much power in that. And, yeah. we, and people recognize like, their own power and their own voice. And I'm, I'm seeing that like over and over again every single day in the group. They're having really powerful conversations outside of the group. We did a thread the other night just to kind of mix it up. And I said, hey, you know, what are some wins? Not even wins. I think it was like, are there any breakthroughs? That, you know, what's been happening? And it was really amazing. It was like, people were like, I had this conversation. I had that conversation, you know, and that was kind of the idea is that this is a test ground. I remember the very first <laughs> like hour the group was available and it was like action item number one. Like if anyone is talking about, you know, George Floyd or Black Lives Matter on your timeline, like go give them a like or a thumbs up or whatever it is, and, you know, invite everyone you know to join, because how cool if we could get, like, a thousand people here. I've read about digital blackface and how white people shouldn't use GIF GIFs, I don't care what they're called, of black people, because that could be disrespectful, whatever. So I picked minions, right? Like, okay, who, who am I going to offend with a group of minions? And somebody said, can I ask why you're using this bystander imagery? And I said, you absolutely can. I'm committed to imperfect action. Do you have any other questions? Like, like, wow. Asia just said, like, getting people in the stands. Part of what we talk about is, like, get on the court. Play the game, you know? And it's like, that comment could have been, like, never mind. Let me Google bystander imagery. What did I do? Where did I go wrong? What did and I was like, no. No. I was like, it's imperfect action. Any other questions? She said, wow, that's super cool. I was like, all right. Glad we had that talk. <laughs> I was just about to say, talk about the getting in the game as, as opposed to being in the stands. And that imperfect action gets you right in the game. Yeah. doesn't waste time. doesn't try to make right. things perfect. It gets you in the game. Mm -hmm. Action creates clarity. We could have spent the last two weeks dreaming up this idea while the moment, that moment in time went away, or we could turn that moment into a movement by getting into action. And we've gotten so much clarity Yeah, in the last two weeks. Literally Ooh. just doing it. And we're like, oh, we like this. We don't like that. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Work. We could have had a three-hour conversation about whether or not we allow anonymous posts. The first one came through. We all just kind of got on the phone and said, that's not what we're doing here, right? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's not aligned. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. Next. That's amazing. What is some of the feedback you're getting about the group? It's awesome. It's been really great. Like people are just like so thankful that it yeah. exists. People are, this is black and white people. Yeah. Um, and we have a meeting each week for people of color in the group just to like, you know, steer the direction. And um, they're like, it's unlike any other place on the internet. For the first time, people feel like people are listening are listening, and that we, we can actually do this because of, because of what's happening in this community. And I could not agree more. I could not agree more. I think it's, it's a very powerful place to be, right? And it's, I don't even really know how to describe it. It's really inspiring to me. It, it gives me so it much is. hope. Yeah. And it's just like a knowing, right? It's like a deep down knowing in like my heart and my belly that we, like, 
I like, like the, we can do this. Like I think about my father and I think about how he went to the March on Washington and all that kind of stuff. And P.S. and by the way, like you didn't, I don't think you had to read any books to join Martin Luther King on, yeah. on, you didn't have on to one. Google it. You didn't have to Google it, right? And that's like, that's the other thing. What I really feel like I want to be able to just like tell my dad, what you started back then, we finished it. Say more about your dad and some of his past. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, my dad, I mean, he was an adult in the 60s, right? He was there for the March on Washington. He did all that stuff. Yeah, he was a sharecropper's son. So like the the amount of quote unquote progress that he was able to make from being a sharecropper's son to playing in the NFL to, you know, working in corporate America is great. And also not that common, you know, and he's like keenly aware of that. Yeah, he is. He talks to me sometimes about feeling guilty because it's like he's like a lucky one, so to speak, in terms of, and yet he's not immune, right? Like a, a couple years ago, just talking about how this police officer followed my parents home from the tennis courts around the corner and like literally harassed them in their own driveway of our house. It's just like, no matter what, like, that's the thing, right? No matter how successful you are, like, you're still a black person in the United States. Right. Can't forget it. Yep. You can't forget it. You can't forget it. And we're, we're going to change that. We're going to heal that. Yeah. That's, that's what's happening here. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Just going back to what you said, though, it's like, there's so many incidents that were never caught on camera, that, that are not on tape, that no one knows about. So this right. has been going on for a really long time, undocumented, you know, yeah. just people talking about the experiences. And finally, we're in a place where people are believing them. People are deciding that they've had enough and something has to be different. That's what's amazing about this group. It just, it feels different. This group feels different. There feels like so much possibility in it. It's pretty yeah. incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we think so. One last question for you guys. Running a group like this, <laughs> it, it requires a level of patience. And you guys seem to have just an endless supply. <laughs> Where does that come from? You know, it's funny. Molly has way more patience than I do. <laughs> I, guess I wouldn't I know it. You both seem very patient. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned it from her because I watch her be super patient and I'm like, oh, right. Like, yes. And then for me, at least, it's really just about seeing the, the possibility in a person, like seeing a person for who they really are, not who they are showing up as on the internet. Yeah, is that blurb? Is that yeah. I think the thing that keeps me patient, well, doing international work for 20 years will keep you relatively patient <laughs> and get you to get that sometimes things are a long game. But really, it's knowing that no one believes anything until it comes out of their own mouth. And so me saying it isn't what's going to get them to believe it. You have to get them to say it. Yeah. If they're going to believe it, they, they have to be the ones to say it. You have to be patient enough to wait for that to happen. But I'm so okay with that because if I can wait for it to come out of their own mouth, we're never having the conversation again. Right. They got it. Right. They got it. Not they learned it. They got it on a soul level. And I think that's the difference in this group. It's not about what you're learning with your brain. It's about what you're like getting on a soul level. Integrating, yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. I get what you mean by that. It's one thing to know something in your brain. It's very different when you resonate with it, when you actually feel in your bones. Yeah. So if that takes a few weeks. It's a big payoff. 
-hmm. It's so worth it to me. Yeah. It's so worth it because what's that person going to do when they really get it? Not when they regurgitate it as information, when they really get it, when there's a connection or a conversation that's made that difference for them. Talk a little bit about your autism work. Does some of that was, is some of that from your autism work? A little bit, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, in part of the work that we did, that we do, it's, it's all been put on hold because of COVID. There was a lot of international travel. That's what left me with time on my hands to, to accidentally. Start you see what happens when she has time in her hands. <laughs> I am, I am, there's like, I can't be idle. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not nope. a good idle handed person. Nope. <laughs> Very challenging for me to not have things to do. So I think this is going to keep me busy for a while. Yeah. So in that work, you know, we were working with people in other countries who were creating safe places for kids to, with autism to be educated. So autism schools, autism centers, and they were in doing so they were working in places where they were sometimes the only person doing the work where the stigma of autism may be that kids are possessed or taken by bad spirits. And, you know, whether that sounds quote right or wrong to me, it's not going to do any good for me to tell someone that right in wanting the work to be sustainable, that we wanted to make sure that whatever we were doing was with and not for in, you know, if you look up our old work, it's like do with not for hashtag. And this is the same thing, you know, Asia talked about having that group on Sundays with all of our members who are people of color. And it's because we're doing with and not for, you know, the actions in this group are informed by the black community. It's not this white savior will save you. White people know best. It's like white people, we really don't know best. Also, we can't even engage in this until we sort out our stuff. So that's what we get to do in this group. It's just not as appealing of a name, I think, to be like white people sorting out their own stuff and dismissing racism. That's <laughs> right. It's not catchy. Not catchy at all. No, just doing something. And oh, you want to get into action? Cool. That's inside work. Got that? Mm -hmm. You good right. with that? Okay. Exactly got that. right. Yeah. Exactly right. Oh. There. Yep. Oh, so. Amazing. You guys, it's been so great talking to you guys. This has been so good. I, it's, it's not like I don't know these things, but actually talking to you about it again is still interesting to me. You know, I'm you're still, so somehow you're still interesting to me. We're <laughs> friends and still you're interesting. I don't know how. It's amazing. Um, I love you both. I think you guys are Aww. two incredible people. I feel like being part of the group with you, I'm learning from you. And it is my pleasure to learn from you because I think you guys know a lot and you have the biggest hearts I've ever seen, like incredible. I hope that you're taking care of yourselves because this is a lot of work and it requires a lot of energy and I know that you're doing a lot, but I hope that there's some self-care in there for you both. I'm gonna just add one thing. This is work that we are doing. This is not Molly and Asia show. You are a huge <laughs> part of this. And you know, you and I had a lot of conversations. You've been just sharing these really powerful short videos that are just making such a huge difference for people. And yep. I think, you know, if we do nothing else by starting this group, then give you and others just a place to just share some of this. It's like, there's such a huge impact available. So not the work that you guys are doing, the work that we're doing. We this is, this is, this is we working. <laughs> well, again, your big hearts are amazing. And you're right. You got me out of, I was in the stands. I wasn't like, damn it. I was in the stands, you know, like a crotchety old man. <laughs> you know, you were like, get out of the stands, get in the game. And but it makes a huge difference. You see it making a huge so difference, you know, and, 
And I think that, that all of us, if we show up authentically as who we really are and share what's really on our hearts, we can all make that difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, it's a noticeable difference. Yeah. It's super cool. People are loving it. Well, I'm loving you too. Thank you for being here and the audience. Please make sure that you go to the Facebook group, Why People Doing Something, join. This group is for everyone, just so you know. I want to make sure everyone's well aware. This is not just for white people, it's for everyone. People of color, black people, they have lots of platform. They're being heard. People are being listened to. Conversations are being had. It is so powerful. So get involved, you know, get out of the stands, get in the game. Do you like the way I ended that? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for being with me today. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Transition of Style. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on our show page at transitionofstyle.com for more information and follow us to share in the conversation on Instagram at transitionofstyle.com.